You're listening to Who Wears the Pants. This is Mike. I'm Chris. And Chris, what do we talk about on this bullshit show? We talk about relationships. Like love. Sex. Butt stuff. Rock and roll. Anal. All of it. Beads. Yeah. Wieners. Yeah. Love. (laughs) Death. Family. (laughs) Kids. Friends. We talk about all of it, all relationships, whether it is a paternal relationship or an intimate relationship or a friendship. So, Chris, I, uh, I was thinking today, and this is going to be very unpopular with, uh, well, with people, with the, the population, if you will. I, uh, I, I, I would like to address the fact that I, I recognize that we as men are the inferior gender for a variety of reasons, but mm-hmm. I'd, I'd like to address some of the issues that we have to deal with as men that other people don't think about. For example, if you're a woman and you're walking through the parking lot alone at night, you're very likely that you're going to, you know, move your keys in a fashion that you could defend yourself or you're going to hurry yourself to your automobile. You look over you're, your shoulder. You're, you are hyper vigilant. You are aware of your surroundings because there is potential danger to you that generally there is not to me as a man. And Mm -hmm. I respect that. But as a man, um, I work with an artist for the Influence Foundation and Nina's super talented, but she's a kid. She's 22 years old, right? And so here I am, a 45-year-old man reaching out via text to this young woman saying, hey, do you want to come into my house and talk art? And I realized that, boy, I could have come across really, really gross and creepy. Yeah, super rapey. I, I, I never even considered that because those thoughts never crossed my mind. But I had to consider, what if those thoughts crossed her mind? Yeah. Right. And I was like, and so I was hurriedly, I was like, hey, look, my wife's going to be here. Da, 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 da. And now she and I are friends. So she knew I wasn't being skeevy, but it was challenging. Then it got me to thinking, you know, there's a lot of expectations for you as a man. And I think that the most challenging thing as a man is sexual attraction. Because you don't have to be physically beautiful as a man to attract women. You True. can be charismatic. You can be charming. You can be funny. Authoritative. You can be authoritative. You can have yeah. power. You can have wealth. Those are things that generally attract women more so than attracting men. Problem you'll run into is your dick. Because your dick has to be perfect. Because if your dick is not perfect, you're, you're going to have difficulty maintaining relationships. Can't be too small. Can't be too big. Can't be hideous and ugly. Can't shoot too quick. Can't take too long to shoot. It's like goddamn Goldilocks. If you don't have the perfect looking, size, performing cock, you are undesirable as a man. Well, I think performance can be edited like you can change performance well sure i'm I'm just saying that if you you can change performance but i have friends that i know who um take a variety of medications for things that may or may not even be related to their mental health who have difficulty climaxing because of their medications and you know i've spoken to women who are like "Eh, it's actually can be kind of discouraging and a blow to the ego if the dude you're with just can't come and i'm like huh so what's better for women too small too big too long too quick i mean what what do women look for in a penis i I don't know i mean i've been told by a professional sex worker that i have a nice dick but that was probably a lie it was probably a lie it was probably just lip service for the job hold on did you show her yeah i mean you know 
You had sex with a I did not. I swear to God, I did not. I, my penis did not touch a prostitute. I'm simply saying that, you, you know. You were like, look at what I have. This is, just, I just needed an evaluation. I needed a reasonable assessment of the equipment that I She's was like, bringing. She's like, it's acceptable. No, she, but she didn't. She was, she was very complimentary of my penis. And it was bullshit. It was a lie. And it made me mad. And it just made me think, I mean, aside from the idea that Jesus loves prostitutes. He does. You know why? You know why Mary Magdalene was popular with Jesus? You know why they got along? Why? Because Mary Magdalene understood confession. She understood truth. A woman who is a professional sex worker has seen everything and heard everything, and there is no sense for you. It's like when you go into a confessional. There's no reason to lie. God already knows. God's been there. God's seen everything. You might as well be fucking honest with your priest. And you can be honest with prostitutes to a level that you cannot be honest with other people because you're paying them to not judge you. Now, they're going to judge you after you've left, but there is a moment of just this sincere clarity and truth that you can experience with the professional sex worker that you can't with other people. It's cathartic. My point is, is that people think, oh, you're a man and everything's so easy for you. Yeah, it's pretty fucking great. I'm glad I'm a dude. I don't want to be a chick. There's a whole lot of hell that goes with being a chick. And I can't even imagine growing up in life with the pleasure of being a man, but feeling like you're a woman trapped in a man's body and having to transition to the superior gender, right? I, I get, I, I just, it's, it's all so complicated and I, it just makes me want it, to, it's, I'm confused. My head swims. My mind is, you know, it's just that. I, Are you about to start transitioning? I, I don't know. No. I don't know. Maybe. No, no, I'm not going to start transitioning. I'm satisfied with my dick. I just don't think anyone else is. So, you know, what's funny <laughs> is in, in your ramble there, you mentioned, uh, like how, a woman can feel bad if she doesn't satisfy somebody fast enough, doesn't get the job done. Mm -hmm. That's that goes both ways, though. Oh, sure. But but as a man and, and, and this is not original thinking, and I think Kevin Smith put it best in Clerks. But, you know, a man's going to come whether you're there or not. We've talked about that on the show. Mm -hmm. But I mean, the stigma of not satisfying a woman doesn't bother me as much as it used to, because so many women go unsatisfied. I have a friend who's in a marriage. His wife has never climaxed from penetrative sex ever mm. with any man she's ever been with, you know, and, and I thought that would be really, really hard for me. And then I thought, no, it would be amazing. And here's why it's amazing. My dick's not good enough anyway. No one else's dick has been good enough for her, but I'm creative and I'm enthusiastic. I could handle a chick like that. This is good for you. I could, <laughs> I could handle a woman because then every dick is dissatisfying. So my dick is no different by comparison. It is already, she is predetermined that my dick is dissatisfying. There's no magic or power that's coming with my dick, but I can accept that. And knowing that no other dick has been good enough, I would not be opposed to then engaging in weird toys and weird sex and all sorts of strange stuff, hmm. whatever got her off, because there's no pressure on me, right? There's no pressure on my dick to perform. All that pressure is on Duracell and Energizer. Yeah, can you last long enough? Yeah. Dear battery. But it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter to me. <laughs> so I just... I think that my sexual relationship with my wife has spoiled me for other women because my wife is one of those rare people that not only does she not have any difficulty climaxing from penetrative sex, but she climaxes 
fairly quickly compared to most women. It's great. I love it. I can do my thing. I can't have sex with another woman because that's not going to happen with another woman. Hmm. So if something happens with me and my wife, it's got to be professionals or chicks that just can't come. Good to know. Yeah, that's where I'm at. That's Noted. where I'm at because it, it's hard. It's hard walking around with a bait and tackle because you never know. I don't want people to see my dick. I'm not proud of my dick. I mean, I'm not like, I'm not little dicky, but still, it's, it's, it's a stress that's been, it's been weighing on me as of late. Why? I don't know. A cabin fever. Cabin fever. Yeah, hmm. that's it. That's the answer. Cabin fever, Chris. I've said it three times. It must be true. Cabin fever. It's given you so much time that you have time to think about your genitals. Yeah. I mean, I'm not, it's not like I, I'm the head of some, you know. Secret society. You well, could be. Well, no, I was, I was going to say, it's not like I'm the, I'm, I am the head of, you know, some medical department and I'm having, you know, just random intercourse with coworkers who I just think I'm getting banged and they're actually trying to corporate, you know, climb the corporate ladder. Uh, you know, I'm not engaging in sort of dangerous sex like that. Um, but I don't have the equipment for that. Cause here's the thing. When you're a dude, you want to be a mediocre lover, <clears throat> right? Or you want to be a spectacular lover. Because women talk in the extremes. Women talk about your sex life. They talk about what you're doing and what you're bringing to the table. And if you're really, really good, that gets out there. You're really, really bad, that gets out there. But if you're a chud right in the middle, just sitting on that fence like me, eh, chicks probably don't talk about it. So not so much mediocrity, but average. But is it average? Like, I don't know. I don't know. What is the average time it takes for a man to climax? What is the average length and girth of a penis? Does anyone have this information, Chris? I mean, you have your phone. These you are, can but, Google it. Yeah, I can. But, but those are, but that's just, that's, that's. But that's, then it's in my history. Those are the, those are the singularities <laughs> lies, Chris. The singularity is going to lie to me and manipulate me and tell me that I'm normal and average, right? So I feel better about myself to lull me into a false sense of security. Hmm. I need a lineup of, I don't know, a hundred sex workers, right? And it'll, like speed dating. I just need them to come in and assess my performance and assess my penis and just put my mind at ease. That's what I need, Chris. I'm sure your wife would be great with that. Um, you know, my wife was pissed that I spent $600 on a hooker and did not at least get a blowjob. So I don't know. I think maybe she'd be okay. Yeah, I, I, I don't. I don't. I think she'd be I okay. Don't. I don't. You know, I. she's a remarkable woman. Sorry about the crinkle in the water, folks. Uh, she's a remarkable woman. She really, really is. And I, I don't know. I think that maybe after all this time, she's just tired of me and would be okay if I just fuck somebody else. Hmm. I don't believe that, by the way. Yeah. Yeah. So... Today is about it's it's about that redemption story arc. Yeah, well, which which we were talking before the recording about how uh, redemption stories at this point are, I mean, not just passe, forgive me for sounding douchey, but most of them suck. Yeah, and I I think they're important. Well, sure. I mean, so any traditional arc of storytelling, the hero's journey, the redemption story, the whatever, those are they are important. I just think that it's it's overused and not done well. I mean, Game of Thrones is an excellent example of here's some cool redemption stories that really aren't that good and those people really don't redeem themselves and they're still fucking villains and monsters by the end of it and I have no sympathy for them. Yeah, I can't have a sympathy for them. But I need... Okay. <clears throat> from entertainment, from narrative, boy, we're getting off topic. I need 
white hats and black hats. And if somebody starts out as a gray hat and becomes a white hat, cool, I'm in. Somebody starts out as a black hat and ultimately redeems themselves to become a white hat, I'm cool. But a story where somebody goes from black hat to gray hat, the number of fucks that I have to give is zero. Zero. I just don't fucking care. I don't so like if you guy. go from chaotic evil to chaotic neutral, you're like, Meh. I don't care. Okay, well, great. I'm I'm the Hound or Jamie Lannister or Walter White or whatever. I don't fucking care. You're a goddamn monster. You're a villain. You're the enemy. You're the person I root against. Walter White's story was different though because it was he started off as a white hat and then went to yeah a black hat essentially right. yeah which I I don't care. You're the bad guy. I don't want to root for the bad guys. I don't. I don't care Ooh. about the bad guys. Fuck. I. I fell in love with the TV show Barry. I will not watch season two. Really? Yeah. Because you think that Barry is going to be a good guy, but he's not. He's a villainous shitbag like everybody else. Spoiler alert. I mean, I know the show's only been out for years, but <laughs> it just, I, I just don't, I don't want that. I don't care. Right. I need, I need people to make concessions about poor behavior. So, in in real life, in reality, you do this fluttering with it. You'll have highs and you'll have lows. Well, sure. You've got it's it's story beats. You've got ups and downs. Yeah. So you'll have times where you're doing something exceptionally good, and then times where you're doing something shitty. Um, and what's what's bizarre about it is you go from point A to point B on a timeline with that. So you you see this basically wavelength, and uh, yeah, and I. It's just part of it, I guess. Like, most people don't end up being exceptional ever. Sure. You end up writing out the line, that timeline. Right. You might, you'll have times where you're slightly above it, right. slightly under it, blah, blah, blah. But it, you're just writing the line. Sure. Uh, there are a few people that turn this into a graph, if you will, and go just way in the positive or way in the negative. And you hear about those extremes. Your Hitlers, your Stalins, your... Uh, Mother Teresa's and Gandhi's, Gandhi's and yeah. whatnot. Yeah. So is is that what you want? Do you want more of those extremes then in reality? No, I just, I just want, I just, and I know it's so childish and so naive. I just want to live in a world of obvious good people and bad people. That's what, at I, least, at least in my entertainment, because the real world is not that way, but in my escapism. I want to live in a world that has clearly defined lines, right? I want classic hero villain storytelling. I, I mean, and it doesn't mean that the hero can't have foibles and it doesn't mean that and, and, and struggles and it doesn't mean that the villain can't understand things like love and friendship. But I need to know this is the bad person and that's the, that's the good person and I'm rooting for the good person. I need that in entertainment. But so we have that in real life too. Like think about any time somebody gets into any time a relationship is terminated, there didn't necessarily need to be a big falling out. There are times where it's just like, hey, you're going this way in life, I'm going that way. We can part ways now amicably. Mm -hmm. And it's uh, it happens friends are the one example that I can use for this and make it very very easy. So a lot of the time and it's it's I think it's more common with females. Uh males we're just friends. I don't care if you do this or that or the other. Like, as long as you're not doing something extra shitty, I, there's no reason for me to have a falling out with you. Mm -hmm. With girls, a lot of the time, they'll say, okay, I don't talk to Susie anymore. Um, 
she's going that way in life, I'm going this way, but she's a bitch, and then they'll look for a reason for her to be a bitch. And maybe that's not just females, maybe that's human nature better, is a better way to put that. So I think we will oftentimes look for a reason to villainize somebody in order to terminate um, a relationship with them. Well, sure, but I guess even even in the dissolution of a relationship, I am willing as a as a partner in a relationship, whether it's familial or platonic or whatever, I try to concede my mistakes and my shortcomings. Yeah. Now, I'm not a stranger to conflict, and I have been told in the past that, you know, oftentimes I will look for a fight for the sake of a fight. Fair criticism. But I'm I'm willing to admit where I have made mistakes and in a relationship that's really, really important because if both people are super stalwart and dig their heels in, you're you're never going to make any ground. The, The challenge becomes, for me at least, balancing the desire to win the argument with understanding that I'm wrong or the other person is wrong and what concessions I'm willing to make to come to some sort of resolution, particularly when the other person, if I feel the other person is wrong, I really, really personally have a hard time conceding the point, right? Letting it go. Yeah, I just have a, I have a hard time. But eventually, depending on, you know, the severity of the, the, the issue, there have been plenty of times where I just thought, I'll roll over, man. It's just not worth a fight. I was at uh, the store the other day, and I don't want to get into a COVID thing, but I uh, I wasn't wearing a mask. I wasn't wearing gloves, and I was in the grocery store, and there were multiple people in my aisle that weren't wearing masks, and a lady came through that was, and she wasn't wearing gloves, which, I mean, that doesn't make a whole lot of sense, whatever. You're supposed to keep both extremities clean. I mean, if you're going to do one, do it. If you're going to do it, do it right, right? And she, you know, tisk tisked me for not wearing my mask. I'm sure she was irritated by the two other people she saw previously that weren't wearing masks. And my first instinct was like, fuck you, Karen. Where was your goddamn PPE training? How many times have you washed that mask? Where are your fucking gloves? Like, I thought about tearing into this chick. I was pissed. But it was totally irrational. There's no reason for me to get mad at this woman. Uh, why would you tisk tisk a stranger? Uh, because she's a cunt. Your liberties end where yeah. another person's begin. Right. So, yeah, She's, you, you take what precautions but, you deem necessary. But there are people listening to this thing that I'm in the wrong for not wearing a mask in public. And I'm not going to get into the argument and defend myself and explain to you the, the, the folly of the whole situation and why I personally don't feel it necessary, but I support your right to do so. Uh, I just, I don't know, man, but I didn't fight. I just like, you know what? I'm not going to argue with this bitch. I don't know. Did she, she just... say something to you? No, no. She just wanted to make her little snide under the breath comment and feel superior, which makes me want to punch her in her fucking face. And it's 2020. We're goddamn equal. We're equal. I period. can punch you right in the neck. We're, we are equal. There is. I have, um, as a product of society, I have been indoctrinated that there is absolutely no distinction nor difference between men and women. Ergo, we should not be treated differently. Period. Hmm. Yeah, but that's not the reality. It is the reality, Chris. Is what I've been told. Is the society that I live in that we are the same. Period. There so is no... if you if you called the police because your wife was beating you, mm-hmm. what's the likelihood that she'd be escorted? Well, it's out criminal, of right? It's it's abs- it's, it's, it's absolutely, low. It's absolutely she, criminal. The, the likelihood that she would be escorted from the premises of your home yeah. is almost it doesn't exist. Right. Like she would, she'd get to stay there. Yeah. Um, if you were beating her, well, your ass would be going to jail. Right. But, but that doesn't make any sense. There's no difference between us. 
Well, that's what but I'm saying. That seems clearly, like it's just, clearly it seems, there is. It seems discriminatory to me. It seems like it seems like that if we're the same, then we should be the same. Sure. That's what I want. I want equality of all people. I want all humans are created equal. Yeah. So equality of opportunity is what you're talking about, not equality of income or of uh, outcome. Sure. I'm just I'm just saying that I want it all to make sense to me. And I'm in a, I'm living in a world where very few things make sense to me, Chris, and it's actually making me a crazy person. Hmm. Yeah, I, 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 I don't know. So, like, going out and shopping right now, I wear a mask to appease other people. Right. Um, you don't do it because you feel a need to wear a mask. You wear it because, well, everybody's wearing a mask, so I guess I should wear one, too. Well, yeah, it's more so in order to keep somebody from being like, oh no and i i yeah. don't want to incite panic yeah um and that's something that like recently i've, I've thought about that a lot because i'm like uh you could it, it it would be extremely easy to create an uproar mm -hmm. at this juncture yeah and is it beneficial no no so no. you know you but you take precautions not to but then at the same time you're like you know um is that okay is it okay to to be one of the people that just kind of blends in. Well, no, that's not okay either. Uh, that's how you get a Nazi Germany. You know what I mean? It's I a bunch of people that are just passive when something horrendous is going on. And for you listeners that are like, I wouldn't do that, I'll call bullshit. Because there were a bunch of normal, perfectly good people that fucking were passive. And mm -hmm. it bit a bunch of three million people in the ass. Well, it's an interesting, it's an interesting thing that there was in Germany post-World War II, right, you know, toward, at, near after the end of World War II, when a lot of Jews were being liberated, or I should say not a lot, <laughs> not, I mean, so, I mean, a, a small percentage of surviving Jews that were being liberated from concentration camps. Well, some Jews went back to their communities and were not treated well because, other Jews were wondering, well, how did you survive the concentration camp exactly? What were you doing? What concessions were you making to the Nazis in order for you and your family to survive? And, you know, it's the opposite of survivor's guilt. It's survivor's shame. Why are you alive and my loved one is not? What did you do? How did you capitulate to the enemy, right? Um, and, and that's, I mean, it's sad, but it's human reality. No, it totally is. Totally is. Well, so uh, at work, I, in my, I, I'm pretty good at my job. Uh, Heck I yeah, you are. You're a beast. I make mistakes. You got um, I make little mistakes sometimes. And the other day, like I fucked up writing on a key tag. I called a vehicle a Chevy Yukon, which does not exist. It's a Chevy Tahoe or a GMC Yukon. They're the same vehicle, just a different badge on them. And uh, my boss was like, what the fuck, dude? He goes, you gonna go buy you a uh, Chevy Yukon? And I was like, no. And he's like, come on, dumbass. And he's like, I'm giving you shit because you don't really make mistakes. So, yeah, I fuck up. Yeah, I, I fix it. Took me three tries to fix it. Like I, my brain was just not fucking there. Uh, and then somebody else walks up. Now this person makes mistakes relatively commonly, and my boss just starts riding this dude. <laughs> And he's like, I need you to slow the fuck down and think. He's like, can you do that for me? And I'm like, man, if you spoke to me that way, like, we'd be going to war. Yep. You could fire me, and I'd be cool with it. But, like, that's what would happen. And, like, if we go to war, like, I'd, I'd be pulling out every fucking weapon I could, and it would be horrendous for you 
and for me. Right. Because I'll bite my nose to yeah, spite my face. Exactly. And it's, it's funny because that is our instinct, both of us, is to just be like, you know, we you get to a point where you've had enough and you just explode, right? The, the problem I have is, is that I, I feel like that I am not responsible in allocating my ire. I think I've gotten better as an adult, but the problem that I run into is that I'm not conflict averse and it pushes me to the point of maybe I fight too much. Maybe I should just let some shit go. I think there are a lot of ways where you're high in agreeableness though. Yeah. Yeah. Like at work, you're pretty agreeable. I don't see you doing uh, like, in my experience working with you, mm-hmm. you weren't super high conflict. Yeah. Do I think you'll argue for the sake of arguing? Sure. <laughs> Guilty. Um, but that's, I, I think more so that's a mental exercise sure. for you. I don't think it's so much actual conflict because I think if that turned to actual conflict, I think it would, you'd be a little bit surprised by that. You'd be like, whoa, 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 whoa. Yeah. What's happening here? Right. Um, which is one of those things like it's weird if you're having a verbal conflict with somebody and it turns physical. Because it doesn't necessarily make sense. You're like, no, no, no. We were we were having a verbal altercation. Right. Like it didn't cross into this realm. Yeah. You, you escalated this to a point to where it didn't need to go. Uh, so that's you know that's one of those areas. I don't think you're necessarily combative just for the sake of being combative. I think you're argumentative for the sake of mental exercise because I think you're trying to keep yourself sharp. Mm. Uh, it's probably subconscious, mm. um, but yeah, I, I I don't know. That's just my assessment. So Take what, it for what, what it's worth. What, what pills do you swallow in your relationship? In my relationship? Or in your relationships in general? What are, so, what, are the, what are the fights that you just, you know what, that is not the hill on which I'm going to die? Okay. So we have, uh, at work, we're supposed to notate everything that we do in this computer system. And they do that so that if something happens to you, somebody can pick up with a customer basically where you left off. Um I am horrible about notating it because I'm like, uh, I took the time to build rapport with this person. I did this, this, and this. So I'll continue to have maintain this relationship with this person on the level which I see fit. And a lot of the time, you'll, it's called a customer resource manager, a CRM. And these CRMs will tell you when to do what and blah, blah, blah. And it's not always effective. And then we have people that go through and read the notes on customers and then tell you how to follow up with that and i'm like mm, go fuck yourself yeah like if you did my job you would not right um and if you did my job you would not do it to the level which i do it because you used to do my job and i know you didn't hmm. so i know enough about you now have you taken the time to learn anything about me and what i'm doing here no okay because i make higher grosses than you did i sell more cars than you did like Tell me what what you have to bring to the table here and why I'm wrong. And if if I'm wrong, I'll swallow that pill. But if I'm not, you can shut the fuck up and leave me alone. But oftentimes, I will find myself being like, "Uh, I'm just not going to fucking fight with them. They want a note. Here's a note. And it got to a point to where I would put dot, dot, dot in the notes. or Just an ellipse. Yeah. (laughs) Or I would put notes in there. They were like, you can't work here and do that. And I'm like, I'm like, are you threatening my job? And they're like, no, 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 no. And I'm like, okay, so what does that mean? Because you said I can't work here and do that, but clearly I've done that. So would you like change to happen? And if so, tell me why and tell me what benefit it'll be to this situation here. If not, leave me alone. But what's interesting is that a lot of supervisors, you know, managers, particularly middle management people, um, they don't know how to handle that 
right? Because they're not used to being challenged on the process and the, the, the logistics of the process and why the process is important. They just say, look, the process exists because someone well above the food chain decided that the process exists. My job is to enforce the process. You're not doing the process. Now, it is neither of our jobs to evaluate the nonsensicalness of the process or to evaluate the efficiency of the process. Your job is to shut up and do as you're told. And my job is to tell you to shut up and do as you're told. And it's infuriating. Well, uh, okay, so you run into this thing where you're like, am I too smart to do that? And then you're like, no, that's arrogant. Yeah. Um, like, it's arrogant for me to think that. But then you're like, yeah. uh, clearly this was yeah. not thought out. I'm just smart enough to not put my penis in the garbage disposal. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Just smart enough. Um, so, yeah, I, I, I don't know. Like, that's one of those things that, like, I've found myself conceding recently. Uh, or, like, I'll be doing something. Uh, right now with all the shit going on, um, our, our department that reaches out to people, I do believe has gotten extremely lazy. Mm -hmm. Uh, they don't want to deal with, oh, I don't feel like coming in. Okay. Well, I'll just put you on the phone with the sales guy. Mm -hmm. mm, that's not what you're supposed to do. You're supposed mm -hmm. to set an appointment. That's your job. Your one job is to set an appointment and you're not doing that. And then I bring this person in because I spoke to them on the phone and then I sell them and you get paid for it. Like that seems fucking asinine. That's yeah. absolutely ridiculous. So there are people that work there that all their job is, is to call people and say, Hey, this is so-and-so from blah, blah, blah. Yep. Um, we're running some great deals right now. That's um, exactly right. Any so, interest in coming in? And so, gonna... so you get on the internet mm -hmm. and you put in an online app or say you have interest in a vehicle, ask mm -hmm. for somebody from the dealership to reach out to you. Somebody, and they are the ones that reach out to you. It's called a uh, BDC, Business Development Center. Um, so these people then reach out and I'm like, if, if you're like, give me your pay. If I do your job, I'll be compensated to do your job. How about that? Because you love it when I do my job and it benefits you. Mm -hmm. So do your fucking job. Well, see, and I would I would almost want to put people together in teams and say, okay, Chris and and Steve, this is Mike. Mike is your call guy. He's only calling your customers. Yeah. Right? So the the issue then would be the allocation of resources and what you have now. Um, we have a guy that runs that department who's best friends with one of the sales guys. So he gets fed great leads? He is getting fed. Mm -hmm. uh, and the dude's fucking super nice. The guy that's getting fed, no issues with the guy. The guy's a sweetheart. If you ask him for help with something, he'll help you. He's a good dude. It, it's one of those things. I will never bitch because somebody's getting fed, ever. I will bitch if you're telling me how to do my job and you're not doing yours right. Like, yeah. if your job is to effectively allocate these leads and you're funneling them to one person because that person's your buddy and then you're going to have the audacity to say anything about how I'm conducting myself. Right. You're fucking high. Leave me alone. Yeah. If you can do my job better, come do it. You can't. Mm -hmm. I would eat you for lunch, dude. You couldn't carry my bag lunch. <laughs> so go on about your day. But do you have that fight? No, I actually was able to mitigate it um, or forego it by... More or less, I was I did the whole killing with kindness thing mm. to an extent, and then I would just say, "Hey, I'm busy doing this. Like, I'm doing the essential function of my job. I cannot do that right now. Thank you." Right. 
and it, and it seems to me, and I hope that this is this that this is the case. But the world is built on exceptions and preferential treatment. Oh, for sure, for and, sure. And I would I would hope that your supervisors, recognizing your talent for the job, would have the willingness to step a step aside and say, "Hey, you know what? Cut Chris some slack." Oh no no no! I get it. Okay, I get it. Um, it, it it was more so when I first started the first couple of months that I was there. It was slow. Things were weird. Blah blah blah. And these people don't know me from Adam, so right. they're going to treat me like I'm some green pea. Uh, I'm not. Right. I'm not. Right. But but also, to be found, to be found, to be found, you have to, you're in a new spot, man. So you've yeah. got to pay your dues. They, they, you're right. They don't know you. No, exactly. And they, they have their policies and their procedures. And so you have to establish with them that you are worth a shit and that they should Well, and that's off. one of the things that was difficult. So like at the last place, I went in and I said I was worth a shit and then I acted like I was worth a shit. And it, it was immediate payoffs. And I told mm-hmm. my boss to fuck off and all this stuff. Right. Like I did everything that I was not supposed to do. And uh, But you, you established a precedent of behavior right out of the gate. Yeah. And in this place, I didn't. I was like, uh, I'll be a sales guy. And that's the problem. No, oh, for is sure. That, is for that sure. You, you went in with a, I'm going to be a minimum daily requirement employee, and then realized, I'm, you, you realize that you're not that person. You mm-hmm. start kicking ass, and they're like, wait a minute. We thought you were a schlub like everybody else. Why aren't you behaving like a schlub? Well, so it's uh, Cody was working there. He quit recently. He's hmm. like, I just don't want to be in cars anymore. That's unfortunate. Uh, another guy that I used to work with at the last place quit, and he just—he's like, dude, it's too slow. I can't pay my bills. Yeah. Um. Okay. Whatever. And I had a supervisor that doesn't really like. I've made friends with the guy. Like I joke around with him and stuff like that. And because of that, because I've been likable to him, he likes me. Not because of any particular great performance i didn't do anything to make him look particularly no, but you have, great you have a mutual you have a mutual familiarity and yeah. respect as co-workers so right he recently started approaching me and he's like you can make a lot of money please don't leave and i'm like what are you talking about like that was never a thing mm-hmm. he, just don't do it don't do it I'll, I'll make sure we take care of you i'm like i'm cool like you don't have to do anything here's what's amazing about the car industry compared to any place that i have ever worked or any place that my friends and family have ever worked with rare exception that your boss came to you and said you have value please stay i will do what i need to do to make you stay the difference is um Unlike most other businesses, there is a direct correlation between my performance and your paycheck. Sure. So if I do this, you make X amount of dollars every month. Right. So there, I should say that there is an obvious paper trail between the two. Mm-hmm. But your job performance as an employee absolutely is going to impact and reflect upon the job performance of your supervisor. Sure. Yeah. And if you have shitty employees, it's probably your fault as the supervisor. Absolutely. Absolutely. But if you have good employees or somebody that's doing exceptionally well, then you give them leeway. Right. But as say as a retail store manager that's not doing any sort of commission like the game industry. Yeah. As long as your employees are doing the job to the degree that you think that they should do and you're providing them with training and encouragement and positive reinforcement, you will have lower turnover. You will have better job performance and it will reflect positively on you as the supervisor. But See, everywhere that you go, you should treat your employees like they're valuable. But most people don't. I I get that. But you should, like, they should do more vetting in the hiring process. Oh, amen, man. You do not hire for the sake of hiring. You hire the appropriate people. If you do that, 
turnover is going to be lower. Mm -hmm. It's very, very simple. And then if you do that, work perform uh, you know obviously work performance is going to be better but uh morale is going to be higher yep. because everybody's performing at this exceptional level so you don't have to like do all the extra shit it takes longer that way sure but it's worth it but employees an investment it is it yeah, is it, 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 there you shouldn't treat people like disposable cogs that you can just grind and replace but i agree i've said that a million times on the I show agree. i think so no I, I you have and i think everybody that's ever worked for somebody else has yeah uh you know we're i'm i'm a human i do a good job for you but yeah the, i i've been fortunate recently that uh i've had my supervisor say, hey, you know, I don't want you to go anywhere, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, I'm not, that was never a thing. He's like, well, your bud left. I'm like, I, I'm like, I love that dude. Mm -hmm. I do. Um, him being here or not, I was here before he got here. I planned on being here after he got here. Like, I have something that I'm doing right now. And until this is done, like, I'm not going anywhere. Yeah. So just hang out. Relax, man. Yeah. yeah. I'm, I'm satisfied with the arrangement. Yeah. Uh, he's like, you know, you can do this and move up. And I'm like, I don't want to. Yeah. I'm like, I've got other shit that I want to be ambitious with. This is not it. Yeah. I've already gone somewhere and been yeah. ambitious, and it, it worked it, well for me. Yeah. At this point, if I'm going to work for another person, I don't need to be in charge. Exactly. Exactly. And that's... But I don't want to work for anyone else. Well, that was my whole thing. I was like, hey, I'll come here to make my paycheck, because yeah. like, I can make great money doing this and fund anything else that I want to do in life, and I'm happy with that. Yep. Um, I don't need accolades there. Right. I need money. Yeah, the and it's money not, is the accolade. yeah, and it's just it's not the fight. It's not the fight that I need. Why well, did it to have? I did right. it at yeah. the last place, and like it, I invested a lot of time and energy into getting to where I wanted to go, and I got there. Like within six months, I was where I wanted to be. Mm -hmm. um, it's a fucking big deal as far as I'm concerned, and like yeah, it wasn't worth it. it wasn't worth it. Time was not worth it. So you're worth it to me, Chris. Oh, thanks, man. So yeah, that's 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 what I did. Uh, with with my spouse and like where I will concede, um, it's a lot easier to snap at your spouse than it oh, is yeah. somebody at work. So if you're getting bitched at for how you folded the laundry and you're like, dude, fuck off. Like if you want to done some other way, do it yourself. Or or what I've been doing recently is I'm like, okay, how do you want it done? Yeah. Give me the play by play so that I can do it that way. And if you're not going to do that, don't approach me this way again. Yeah. Agreed. Yeah, totally, totally agree. I mean, with my, it, it, and, and it's interesting too. And again, this is no great revelation, but you know, they say you always hurt the ones you love. That is because the you you can do, you can behave far more aggressively and heinously to those that are closer to you because that is going to do proportionately less damage to the relationship. So the closer you are to someone, the worse you can be to them because ultimately it does not damage the relationship as much as it would as someone to whom you are merely an acquaintance. Yeah, I, I don't know, man. I, 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 I can say shit to my wife that I can't say to other people. I can say shit to you that I couldn't say to a stranger. Sure, 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 sure. But yeah. and I mean, I mean, out of frustration and anger. I don't mean just joking about yeah. you know your your light switch penis. But I mean, just in general, I could say heinous shit to you that you'd be far more inclined to forgive me than someone whom I don't know as well. Absolutely, no. It's way easier to uh, to forgive somebody that you know than somebody that you don't. Sure. Right. And the, I guess your your heinous actions can be far worse than that of 
you know, just recently meeting somebody. Like if you were in a relationship for three months and you cheated on somebody. Yeah, it's over. Yeah, it's over. It's if, if you've been in a relationship for 10 years and you cheat on somebody, like there's a good chance that they forgive you. Yeah. Um. So that's. You know that that is what it is. But. Yeah, but if I was if I was if I was uh, if I was started dating a woman and then she's like you know she's in the middle of divorce and she you know screws up and she sleeps with her soon to be ex husband, I think I could probably swallow that at this point because I'm not that invested after a few months. Yeah, I wouldn't. Yeah, yeah, I wouldn't. I'd be like, oh, fuck off. Yeah, well, you'd be like, yeah, yeah, you fucked up. It's you, cool. You set you set a precedent for the rest of the relationship. Oh, sure. Yeah. And so this you're, is the course of action so that you determine is appropriate. Yeah, so you're you're a cheater and a scumbag and whatever, but I'll still hang out with you and go to the movies and let you blow me. What I mean, why not? Yeah, that's because you're not looking at it as a relationship exactly. anymore. You're looking at it as a hangout. Yep. You hang out, you have fun, you hook up. Yeah, because that's they, all we're doing. Because they have made the decision that this is the depth of our relationship. Is just a casual thing. If you're willing so early on to cheat on me, even though you have a terrible, you have this long relationship with the person with whom you cheated, eh, still, whatever. You're not serious about me, and that's cool. I don't want you not being serious about me. Hmm. Hang out, have some fun, whatever. If I go away, yeah, I, maybe give me a little, a little rusty trombone. There, little, there was some uh, little. There was some relationship coach that I was like following for a little bit and he was like if somebody cheats on you he's like they're probably going to cheat on you again sure um he's like the likelihood is high yeah. because that is a trait that they have he's like is that always the case no. no he's like but generally speaking yes so you have to make the decision to either keep them around as somebody that you want there casually like you just said mm -hmm. or you have to make the decision okay i'm gonna be around this person to a greater capacity right and yeah i don't i don't I don't have any desire to engage in a relationship with anybody that is uh, that superficial. Like, it doesn't seem like it would be fruitful for me. So I would not then invest my time in farming that crop. Hmm. Well, wise. It's not. It's just like, fuck you, man. Like, I've got better shit to do with my time. No, it's wise. I don't. I just think it's selfish to an extent. Yeah. You know, I was listening to a woman on uh, on National Proletariat Radio on Sunday, and she was talking about basically her life's journey and realizing her challenges with depression and what have you, and the power of saying no to people. And that is an area, oh, thank you, sir. That is an area in which I need improvement. I have difficulty telling people no because I have difficulty disappointing people. I mean, I'll argue with you and I'll shit on you and I'll shred you. But if you ask me to do something, I have a hard time saying no. So I find myself burdened with obligations and I, f I fucking hate feeling obligated, but I have an even harder time telling people letting somebody down. Yeah. I have an even harder time letting somebody down. Like Jared, uh, Jared Leto actually said, you have to know when to say no, because that guy has his hands in a lot. He's like a big investor in Snapchat and all this mm -hmm. shit. Um, and he's a huge actor and a musician and all this uh, stuff. The guy goes first a huge actor. I mean, yes, he does music, but he's not a musician. Like, I mean, you know, I mean, I can't I mean Jared Leto's kind of a I would I would put him in the the B minus category. Guy plays piano, guitar, all that. Sure, he's travels, a, he's a, makes a living doing. He's a Renaissance it. man. He's beautiful. He's um, perfect. He's just he, not as great as you think. As he is. far as acting, the guy's won. <laughs> Uh, Oscars or Grammys or what the fuck ever like he's won major awards yeah, I feel like that somebody in the listening audience needs to actually cite what major awards this man has won yeah no he's he's won a major award for acting major award um, major it's a major award it was yeah. a leg lamp it's by fragile. the way yeah fragile <laughs> must be Italian, Italian. <laughs> um, so he did win this Italian award and uh no, I mean, the dude's beautiful on top of it, so he yeah. gets the model for Gucci and all this bullshit. Yeah, no, he's gorgeous. Um, but, like, he 
because I read an interview that he did and he's like, you have to know when to say no. Yeah. He's like, and you have to say no. Um, you can't say yes to everything. So, and I was like, oh, wow, that's actually brilliant. Yeah. Like, it's something that you don't think of because you go to work even. Like, think about what you go to work and do and you're like, yeah, I'll take care of that boss. Yeah, I can do that. Yeah, I can do that. No, no, yeah. no, I'm not doing that. Yeah, I've, I got much better at that at the workplace, being able to look to say to my boss, hey, listen, I've got these three things going on right now. I will put it on my agenda, but it, it's not going to be a high priority, you know, unless you tell me drop everything else. Here's what's on my plate. Drop everything else. I will do this thing first. But the hard part for me, too, is that you know, I work at my own pace. A rush is a rush lyric. Basically, I, I can do what you do. It just takes me longer. And that. And it's really true for me. You know, I, I, I just, I'm just slow. Not slow as in stupid, retarded. I'm just slower at learning than other people. Oh, dude. Because my I, brain works differently. I, I think I am as well. Like, I didn't realize how how slow I was at learning mm-hmm. until like the last year or two. Yeah. Uh, it's been very, very humbling for me because I'm like, it takes a long time for me to actually start to pick something up. There's yep. other people that'll like immediately, they'll start to pick up on it and all that. But they, they the level that they perform at that stays pretty the same. Yeah. Like they, they learn it, they learn at this one level and that's it. And like when I pick something up, I can generally do it better than the average cookie. Um, and it's, I think it's just motivation at that mm-hmm. point. It's like, okay, I struggled to get to this point, but now I'm at this point and it's like, it's just it's different it's better hmm. uh so really? yeah no i think i'm a slow learner too but i think i i don't know man i might be kind of dumb i might have something wrong with my brains well and, and you can feel it as you age because when i was a younger man before i became you know an alcoholic and drug addled my brain worked at a different pace oh yeah it no, was the level better. at which you're working is so, insane you know so how much of that is abuse is substance abuse and how much of that is age i don't know but yeah i don't process data well part of it is neuropathways too hmm. like you create neuropathways to do this this and this and when you start to have to reroute neuropathways it actually takes longer to create new ones so essentially it's like roads there is limited real estate to get from point a to point b and if you've got multiple convenient roads then you're going to have to have a secure or circuitous pass exactly. to get around to well now i need to get from a to d but all these other roads are in the way well, so yeah, i have to take the long route and in doing route. that you might be totally demolishing one of those other roads oh wow okay yeah you don't and I'm not saying that you learn something so you have to forget something else. Right. No, um, but you you might be retraining something yeah. entirely. So how you go about this process is different from now on after you've established this positive neural pathway. Fascinating. Yeah, you fascinate me. I did not create no. The science but here's for that. what's here's what's interesting about you, and I mean this sincerely, is that you have such a diverse interest range you know the the various things that you're into the information that you can just kind of like oh well i looked into this and blah 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 it's it's really it's really neat it's really interesting to me huh yeah i'm just interested in what you're interested because i don't like i've got you know dan from fear the boot he i mean he knows a little bit about everything he's fucking super sharp yeah he knows a little bit about everything that's not who i am or who i've ever been i know a little bit about a few things but you know i like to blather yeah, see, I, I I used to be well more spoken than I am now. Hmm. Uh, more well spoken than I am, I suppose, is how I should have put that. Like, I could, I read something that I wrote when I was 18. I think I may have talked about this on the show not that long ago. But I read something that I wrote when I was 18. It was a song lyric that I wrote. And I was like, wow, that was fucking impressive. Like, 
I did something incredible there. Hmm. And if I sat down and tried to do it now, I couldn't. Yeah. I, I, I could not. Yeah. I, I believe, and I really do sincerely believe this, I believe that there is a limited amount of creativity and passion, like this perfect recipe of creativity and passion and drive and love for a thing that you have when you are younger that you lose as you age. And this is why I'm so disappointed in myself for not trying to pursue this career that I'm doing now. 20 years ago because I feel like that I just I squandered so much time and so much effort and, and so much capability so much ability I wasted doing nothing and it's depressing as shit well I think that's pretty common though because like the a, a normal person like uh you have your your passion projects and everything and that's the stuff that people tell you you're never going to be able to make anything with that and the people that actually stick with it are the people that have success with it the people that end up doing other things so so they can do that a little bit um those are the people that get away from it and then can't do it as well so like if you've got something that you're passionate about you should then invest in that wholeheartedly and you you will find ways to make it work in doing it right but you see all these artists where right out of the gate they have you know this they're 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 prolific you know stephen king is writing you know book after book after book you know when he goes from whatever his moniker was to to stephen king to his real name mm -hmm. to you know you've got musicians who are making album after album after album but you notice that these people that they stay in these creative careers for a long time they get to a point where they some evolve and some just kind of fade because they don't have the fire that they used to. And I'm worried that I'm starting at a point in my life where that fire is gone. I doubt it. I hope not. I doubt it. Like you, the, the fire can come from different things. When you're young, it comes from ignorance. Mm -hmm. Okay. You don't know any better. Right. But you think, you know, so much when you're right, old, you're so fucking confident when you're old, it can come from a place of resentment and you can resent what reality oh, can be. I'm an angry, like, resentful person for and sure. And that is like, I think that is a huge motivating force. Like I had a, I had a younger kid ask me about sales. He's like, how do you know, how do you do this? How do you know you're going to do that? And I'm like, dude, I was like, have you ever hated the world that you live in? And he's like, what? I was like, you have to hate your reality enough to change it. I'm like, and if you do that, it like you can, you can make leaps and bounds in your performance and blah, blah, blah. And, Man. He, and he was like, that was deep. And I was like, not really, dude. I was like, that was fucking resentful. You, you sound like, you sound like, uh, you sound like the Godosphere. Because, you know, he said, you know, the, the only reason he was able to lose a ton of weight and get into shape is that he just started hating himself and what he was so much that, you know, he had to become powerful enough well, to destroy a, it. That's a strong thing. Uh, yeah. Jordan Peterson does an exercise where you basically write about the it's the future authoring program. You write about where you were headed at your current pace and how awful things could become. Hmm. And you create basically this hell and people will go to great lengths to avoid hell. Wow. Wow. I don't know where we're at time-wise, but I feel like that go to great lengths to avoid hell is, uh, that sounds like a great word of wisdom. Well, I mean, we're, we're there on time. So what was that word of wisdom? One more time, Chris, can you tell go. us what's this what is this episode's word of wisdom, Mr. Parsons? This week's word of wisdom is go to great lengths to avoid hell. And maybe that means mapping out what hell is for yourself. Hmm. Mm. I love you. I love you. <laughs>